0: Hi. Hello. Happy Monday. Welcome back to Advice. My name is Alex Coate,
1: And I'm Kristen McTee and off camera right now is very upset little
0: She's puppy really sad.
1: Cuz we took away her bone. Oh my god, look at her. She's like looking at me <laughs> yeah. too. No, she
0: fully is aware that so I hit the bone. She just said the word. Oh yeah, I hit the B O N E because I I tried to I tried to curb it before we started recording before we started recording because usually (laughs) it's like clockwork we'll start recording and she'll be like oh gotta go find my bone now and as you all know i have a one-track brain so if she's chewing on her bone it's like it's really loud and like it's it's a sharp noise so it's really distracting for me at least
1: i mean it also just picks up
0: on on audio right it picks up on audio it's just we she can't be chewing on her bone so i hit it before oh it's not looking too hot for you link I'm so sad. <laughs> we hit it and I actually hit it. If you can see, if you're watching on visual, she's on Kristen's side and I hit it behind Kristen so she knows where it is.
1: She's my smart girl. She's very smart. I'm sorry, babe. But on the bright side, tonight she had cabbage for her first time. And she loves it. And she really likes cabbage. So if you ever see Link in public, offer her cabbage <laughs> and she will really like it. Hi, babe. Yeah, she's doing really well though, guys. <laughs> other than other than the B O N E sitch, her ear link. Look at the camera. Look at the camera. You can kind of see. Oh, it's it cut off. It's
0: definitely floppy, but it has no fluid left. We did rebuild. I'm so glad you like held off on making any decisions for surgeries and everything.
1: Me too. Oh my god, you are so fucking cute. I hey, yeah, my baby. I'm really just soaking up my time with Link right now, too, because by the time you guys listen to this episode, uh, we'll actually probably both be in L.A., and I'm about to leave for L.A. for over two weeks, so I don't have my little girl, and that's always hard. It's always hard to leave the dog. Does not get easier. I always thought it was something that, like, was only hard when she was a puppy, but she's like a self-sustaining, well, not self-sustaining, but she's an adult dog. And I'm still like, I'm sorry, I'll be right back.
0: It's probably, it probably passes by in five minutes for her.
1: Right. I, I you hear that all the time. People saying like the t- time for dogs doesn't exist. Like they don't know how long you've been gone. But then I've also heard they know how long you've been gone because they gauge it oh, off your when, you're, when your scent starts uh, disappearing around them um but that's hard for it to happen in our own house right. I feel like it's like gonna smell like me But I don't know like also how do we know we'll never know who's like how do you how did whoever figure that out like did you yeah. you know like what type of test like, like is what that?
0: fires off in the brain for you to be like oh that's this happening
1: right like that's so specific for you to claim
0: when it's not even a like, human brain like the studies and data that you hear about different cat meows and what like the different cat yep. meows mean. Like how do you really know? You don't. You don't.
1: How do we really someone know someone like anything? please
0: debunk us?
1: I mean please. I would I would love to, I would love to be hundred percent sure that she's not tripping when I leave. Yeah. Please. But I just don't
0: believe it. Where are the facts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Show me the car facts. <laughs> In other news, if you listen to our last episode, it was our whole kind of summary of our London trip and if you were watching visual and it just randomly went out on you because a few people, we got DMs of people being like, I was literally in the middle of watching the visual asset and it's like just gone because we took it down oh. and had to re-upload and blur out my crunch.
0: Yeah. Her kooka was out. It was completely out. Like there's How a line- you, Yeah. And you didn't feel it is what I'm tripping about.
1: Well, I was sitting like this and I had the Your, um, my sweater over my knees. Right. But it just, like, and if it creeps up ever so much. Which it did. Right. It's showing, I mean, yeah, my knees are together, but you could still, s- like, my shins aren't together. I have, like, bow legs. So, like, right. there was, like, a little crevice for you to look through. And it wasn't, like, skin, but it was almost, it was, like, the side of my body. K- vagina. Yeah. <laughs> I was I'm gonna sur- say coupon. I was like, it's a vagina. I'm
0: surprised it didn't get flagged beforehand like by YouTube. Is it like too small or
1: it might have been not detectable. It was yeah. a little small and like shadowed, but Right. I mean, and usually, like, I don't give a fuck about that shit. Like, I've had videos. I won't say which one, but it, <laughs> it's an Easter egg. You can go find where, like, my nipples fully shown for oh, a sec. Oh, wow. And, like, YouTube didn't flag it but because it was for a sec. And it's, like, right. as it's, I'm, like,
0: moving. And it's, like, that could be anything. That could be, like, armpit sure. or something, you right. know? Uh,
1: yeah, I wonder how, like, accurate their tech is to actually detect. To, like, match
0: what body part it is. Right.
1: But um, little things like that, like, sometimes... I like I don't care enough to like take it down but this like it wasn't just like a oh I resituated for a second you got like a flash of it it, it was, was the last prolonged. 30 minutes yeah and you like if you were somebody who watched the original version you saw it like it was just down the barrel <laughs> looking at you <ya. laughs> it was looking at you you're listening to our stories so we took it down so more of the story we're no
0: longer gonna sit like that
1: and if I am I'm gonna that's why I wore pants today I'm Good. just wearing OG pants and you can't see anything unless you have x-ray vision that's cool
0: and if you have x-ray vision why are you watching this podcast or are you are you looking through this wall can you see my room (laughs) (laughs) is it clean (laughs) duh (laughs) right right so we're actually recording this you guys are listening on a monday presumably but we're recording this on the thursday before Mm. usually we record on saturdays as some of you might know but recording this a little bit early because Kristen is flying to LA on Saturday, and I'm gonna have the house to myself.
1: Are you gonna throw a party?
0: No, I'm not gonna throw a party. But I've been thinking a lot about you know, jump on my bed. The- Probably. <laughs> it's funny because your bed is my bed. Like we have the same bed.
1: Right? Yeah. Like this. Actually, well, no. Actually yours no. Is, yeah, yours have a different, is different. You take a first spin. I think I'm gonna. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I literally, like, oh, Link will jump with you. Oh, she will. She'll be so happy. No, she'll sit there, like, she'll be, like,
0: super awkward. Like,
1: mad at you. She'll be
0: like, my mom's bad. Why are you jumping? No, but I've been thinking a lot about the time I want to spend uh, those three or four days when I'm here alone. because yeah, I was going to ask. Because the last time I was here alone, I didn't like make good use of it i felt alone and i don't want to do that right this weekend um i kind of want to like take advantage of i don't know it's 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 not much different that you're going to be gone because like we do have very independent like days sure but i'm not going to be able to like sit down and like watch our shows that we watch too. yes in the presence that and was like, a
1: big one for me when you left for a minute right it's not have literally just not having a human in here yep like i started talking out loud to link and i was like she's
0: not saying anything back oh like, it,
1: but i mean that was weeks and yeah that was like that, that was, was like so two weeks long. you're gonna be
0: four days yeah it's four days and i just i don't wanna it's a weekend so i could very easily it's so nice yeah too. it's gonna be so nice outside but i could very easily just like sit at home and do nothing but i really don't want to do that so i've like sprinkled a few things throughout my weekend that i'm gonna do what so is it i don't okay you guys want to hear Let's hear it. Okay. Do you guys want to comment <laughs> down below? If comment right down below. Um Saturday I'm going to this f- store in Brooklyn called Friends. Uh, right And it's this like really cool I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok. It's this really cool like novelty store where they have a whole bunch of little gifts and um Bree, if you're listening, yeah. Fast forward.
1: Bree, do not listen. Seriously, like Don't click listen. out right now, Bree. Click out right now. Hold on, just give her a sec. I'll give
0: you a sec. Okay. Hopefully right. Brie's gone. But hopefully. if you don't know, Brie's birthday is next week. And that's why we're going to L.A. is because we're all, us four girls are spending the week in Joshua Tree. Joshua. And it is Brie's 28th birthday. On the 13th. On the 13th. And we're all getting Brie nine items. So that amounts to 27 birthday presents. And they're little things. Yeah, like,
1: we're not like, it's not like. No, a big things, not nothing crazy. One.
0: Like yeah. nail polish, sunglasses, little shit like that. Right. So I'm going to go to the store and hopefully find like a whole bunch of cute shit for her there um i am going to do like a little bit of shopping for myself for joshua tree mm. i'm gonna go to omakase mm. do i don't know what place i i want to do sushi by bao because mm. we had done it and mm-hmm. it's so fucking good but i also want to try somewhere new so i'm okay. still undecided but i know i'm gonna take myself out to like a really nice dinner on saturday sunday i have just like errands to run so i'm gonna go do that like what what errands um i need to go tan to oh. i have um some things I need to return. What do you need to return? An ASOS package, an What'd Amazon. You get? Okay. <laughs> What's your order number? This is you're making this a little overwhelming <laughs> for me. <laughs> okay, errands Sunday. I'm errands on Sunday. Uh, Monday back to my like normal work schedule, but it's also supposed to be nice outside, so I'm gonna go work at a cafe, and I have I have a lot of meetings on Mondays, so that's perfect. Um, and then Tuesday is all packing and getting ready, so. Right. That won't I, i've like, I've oh. filled each of my days
1: good that's that's so important i felt that too when you left like I, I at first i was just like oh i'm just sitting in the house and then i was like no i need to like get out every single day so yeah i'm glad that you're you're making it a point to do that
0: oh and sunday i forgot to mention um if you are on patreon and you're on the hella tier we have our zoom call sunday which is also easter oh yeah which totally slipped our mind I don't so, I used to celebrate, celebrate Easter it. when I was a little sissy wawa baby. Yeah, but. for sure, because I was a stupid
1: little baby wawa <laughs> sissy wawa baby that only listened to her parents. Oh,
0: you're not gonna be here. I was gonna say, should we have an, uh, egg, an hunt? egg hunt? But like, no. So when we started to get like bo- a little eggs. older, when we were in like our teens, and the my cousins were still little, they would hide. Uh, my parents and my aunt and uncle would hide. Easter eggs that had like a hundred dollar bills in them, or like a twenty. One had a hundred. Jesus. A couple had like fives. That's cool. And like twenties for the for the big kids. Oh my
1: god, wow.
0: Yeah. Look- I think one year I walked away with probably like twenty five bucks.
1: That's crazy though. Like at that age, I feel like that's so much. Yeah. I we we definitely did egg hunts, but. I think my favorite part was always like dyeing the eggs because mm. like we would dye them, let them dry and then go hide them. And I would always love that was a big activity I really love to do with my grandma because she's so she was so artsy and she would like hand paint them like she wouldn't even use mm. the dye shit like she was hand painting and like use like cult like not just like normal colors like she was like mixing pastels and like you would turn the She had a vision for it. Fully. You would turn the egg; it'd be like a whole story. Wow! Around the egg, it it was incredible. And she's just like, she and it wasn't like, I'll oh, leave Grandma alone. She's focused; like she would just do it throughout the day. And then all of a sudden, you'd look at her finished product and be like, "You did this today?" <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." She's just wow. hella high, like gin and tonic. So Easter reminds me of that. But as far as like what it's about, um, I I do not celebrate.
0: personally and and we're just we're just joshing if you if you do you're not a sissy wah-wah baby yeah you're
1: not a sissy wah-wah baby but take a joke if you if you if you still get easter baskets you're a sissy wah-wah baby
0: Ooh yeah okay (laughs) new rules if you're over yeah let's give let's give a bracket i'll say if you're over 19 and you still get an easter basket sissy wah-wah
1: Okay. Yeah, I think I'm just getting sour here at this point. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't fucking get one. Like, you can't get one. But okay. Be a little lenient. Yeah, 19. If you're
0: over, if you're an adult, unless it's like this cute thing you do with your partner and like. Sure. If you get one from your parents. That's it. That's it. If yeah. you get one
1: from your parents and you're over 19. Let's see all oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do song of the day.
0: And what are you wearing? Do you want to go first?
1: I'm wearing my, oh my God. I'm Teddy Freshed out right now. I'm wearing <laughs> Teddy Fresh socks and Teddy Fresh sweats. And this is I think Sweat socks. No, this is a pink Victoria's Secret pink. Oh, it was like five bucks. I think I know when you got that. Yeah, we were all together. Oh, and then my beanie. This is a uh, Broad Street Oyster. It's a uh, f- fucking blew up now. Do you notice it? it's fully blown up on TikTok? No. And they're opening a location in the city, San Francisco. Good for them. Good for them. But I'm also kind of mad. Yeah. So this is a restaurant. Chris and Alex. Right. Chris and Alex are the owners and their friends. And we discovered them. It was literally like one day. It was after lockdown, but it was before restaurants opened. Back it was up. like that first wave. Yeah. Where some people were trying it. Some people were just doing to go orders. Yep. Like it was that type of vibe. It's out in Malibu. We were obviously living in LA at the time and it has a full like drive up window situation. So we were super comfortable doing it. And one day, I don't we might have been like hungover or something. I was like, guys, I want a lobster roll. And I went on Yelp. It was like a lobster roll near me. It popped up. It had like at the time I feel like I had like fifty reviews, four and a
0: half stars, which is good. And it now it's probably like thousands. It got popping like four Malibu locals. Yes. Like I feel like it was your go to stop if you were like going to the beach yeah. or naturally shopped at that Whole Foods that was around the corner.
1: Right. So we went out there. Uh, me alex and liana and we were like holy fuck this is the best place ever fire and up until literally a few weekends before we moved we went ever so often it was like always our sunday vibe when we just wanted to like get in the car drive listen to music like those type of drives with your friends where you're not even talking to each other either like we were you're all just, just like, kind of in our own you're either silent or like cracking screaming up. screaming music right exactly and uh, it's just, it's the best restaurant ever. The best oysters, the best seafood. I always say, even if you're somebody who isn't fond of seafood, go here, mm-hmm. give it a chance. The 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 quality of their seafood will, will change your mind. I, I don't doubt it at all. So
0: good. So,
1: yeah, there's that.
0: Oh, I am wearing my Ariana Grande. Thank you, next crew neck, which I don't wear enough. I thought it was sweetener. No. Thank you, next both oh it's both because she combined the tours oh she did yeah because she dropped the album so close together that would have been so cool to go on that no it makes me really sad well we saw her at coachella
1: yeah but she really wasn't that good at coachella you weren't a a big fan no but like the like production where this when i see videos of this tour yeah gorgeous yeah whatever lost op
0: i'm not even tripping (laughs) um so yeah i'm wearing this and then just like Biker shorts and socks. No-show socks. No-shows. no shoes. My ankles were, were extra sensitive today, so. Um, while you find your song, I'll do my song first because mine came up on some random shuffle, and it's called Oxford Circus. Whoa! Yeah, and the... Look at it, the it's album. It's literally the underground. Yep.
1: Wow. And I was like,
0: it came up probably like a couple days after we got home.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, it's
0: Oxford Cir- Circus by Frex. And you know what? I It came up, and... I like noticed it, noticed the cover art obviously looked familiar because I had seen it so much the week before and I was dozing off and I like, I saw it. I was like, oh wow. And I saved it immediately. And then I fell asleep halfway through the song. Didn't the I didn't song. even finish the song and I haven't listened to it since. So I hope it's good.
1: I couldn't imagine
0: <laughs> falling asleep halfway through a song. <laughs> really? Oh, I do 30 seconds? All the, yeah, I do it all the time.
1: Okay. My song of the day is going to be Dime Back by Mick Gee, MK.G. Ee McGee Whenever I read the G's, sometimes I'm like a J or a G. Like oh, yeah.
0: I always have to really it could focus. Be, <laughs> it could be anything. J- it could be either of them. G G. G-, G- but like
1: when I look at the letter, I'm like, how do I pronounce this one? Mm. Just a little mix up in the brain. <laughs> Okay, before we get into today's episode, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc, and ZocDoc is an amazing resource where you can go and find doctors in all types of professions and also look at reviews and pictures, which is amazing. And then you can also
0: book your appointments through the app. You don't have to call the doctor anymore, people. It's actually so nice. I was actually on the app today because I have an appointment that I was supposed to go to, but I'm actually going to be in Joshua Tree, And I remembered like super last minute. So I was like, fuck, I need to reschedule this. Usually you'd have to call the doctor, figure out the schedule, figure out a best way to do it. But no, I just went on the ZocDoc app. I found my appointment that was already like in my upcoming tab. And then I clicked on it, changed the date and I got a refresh. I got a confirmation email and everything. It was so so easy. It was so convenient. It literally took three seconds. There's
1: nothing worse when you're trying to reschedule something and it's like you get a pop up. It's like please
0: call blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'd rather pay the $25 fee (laughs) from some random doctor's office. than call you, Then call
1: you. I'd rather be a no show. than Call you. (laughs) Yeah. When, when finding a new doctor, whether it's like an eye doctor, a gynecologist or whatever, I'm so adamant on making sure in their reviews, like how did they treat people? Mm. And like, I don't want to just necessarily like, Reading a review that's like oh i was healed blah, blah, blah. like i want to know what was your experience in the waiting room yeah and then once you went back there did they hella rush you and like just make you feel like a like a patient on a conveyor belt like that's that's so important to me and without zocdoc without looking at these reviews it's it's obviously like really hard to know that so i, I just i love this resource
0: Again, ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun.
1: No more Dr. Roulette scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to lead you to a medical professional that works for you. And if you guys want to check them out, go to ZocDoc.com advice and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours.
0: That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash advice. ZocDoc.com slash Thanks doc doc. Okay, so for today's episode, you will be seeing Alex
1: and I referring to our phone. This was definitely a research heavy episode, which you know we love. Mm-hmm. Um but we did want to preface that. I feel like impolite looking at my phone while we're right. podcasting. We're so paying attention. So we're paying attention. More so now than ever. <laughs> Literally. Um but we we did some crazy research. I was we went both went in for like a few hours and uh I fucking loved it. This this topic is something I've always been curious about always you know (laughs) worried about to be honest for you know my own reasons and then now after doing the research I'm like why weren't we taught this
0: yeah it's another
1: one of those episodes like kind of like the period episode where I'm like why like why don't we at least know a little bit of this
0: right the way that society like the way that we live our lives if you can't tell by the title we're talking about alcohol right and the way that society sets up drinking alcohol to be so normal yeah especially for our generation. Um, I think with Gen Z, it's changing a little bit. For sure. But with our generation, and especially our parents' generation, it's so normal. And yeah. like with that, why isn't it taught the way that it like actually affects you? Like it's
1: not literal science. Yeah. Yeah. So to just, before we hop into everything, I, we do want to throw out that like, what we're talking about today is not to sway you to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I don't even like- yeah, I feel some type of way after this research, but like, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm never going to drink again. Like that's right. Your journey is your journey. And as always, these episodes are just resources for you. If you're curious about a topic and you want to learn more, um, obviously, as always, we are not doctors. This is fully just research we've done. And um, I will tell you where we got our sources and everything. But yeah, I, I just really wanted to nail that. Like in no way are we, you know, demonizing alcohol or, or telling you to stop drinking. It's its just, these are all facts that um, we enjoyed learning. So we'll share with you guys. Okay, so for starters, I kind of just wanted to dive into what this episode came from. Mm. The other day, Alex and I were sitting right
0: here. As we do. As we do on and off camera. And uh, we were just talking about alcohol. I feel like we always have our um, like spark conversations in the morning yes it kind of came out of nowhere yeah it's either like we don't talk about anything in the morning or it's this really revolutionary and talk to you. yeah <laughs> really revolutionary conversation that yes. we have and it's always new yeah.
1: I don't know. It it was it, it was kind of it stemmed from literally seeing someone's Instagram story and then turned into like oh my god we need to talk about this on the podcast yeah but uh you know we'll save details because that's not the point of the episode we ended up talking about our, you know, our relationships with alcohol, how we feel towards our personal alcohol consumption and, uh, and much more. And we've talked, definitely talked about it on the podcast. You guys roughly know how we feel towards alcohol, especially, uh, I feel like beginning of season three, when we had just moved to New York, we were expressing to you guys how kind of heavily we were drinking and, how we want to start doing things that don't involve
0: alcohol and yeah. and so on. And I feel like New York made us face our relationship with alcohol whereas Completely. LA it kind of wasn't a question. No. Nah. Like we would just drink when we would go out and be social, but then when we moved to New York, it turned into such a like it's a weak, lifestyle. yeah, lifestyle thing and like so consistent right. that we were kind of forced to sit down and be like, "Hold on. Reassess." Reassess.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I've always been, um, and I'm sure several people can relate, uh, coming from a heavy bloodline of alcoholics, I have always been very conscious of it. And, you know, it's never necessarily been like, oh, I need to stop myself. Like, it's not like that heavy of a consciousness. It's just, it's always been in my mind since before I even started drinking.
0: It's a level of awareness that you have that a lot of people our, our age don't
1: exactly and I like I can pick up signs of like certain types of drunks because I was raised around them and it's like straight up it's a trigger where I'm like I could tell like I've it's hard to put words but I've said it to you like there's types of drunks when you could tell someone's just partying when they're masking something when they're angry when they're sad like I can just fully pick
0: up you on see it where it comes from
1: completely like it like it's It's right there, crystal clear for me. So I've always kind of just been conscious of it. And the way that's reflected my personal relationship with alcohol is like, I really, I really only drink for celebration purposes. I've, uh, I've never been one to, you know, have a glass of wine on a, like after a long day or a drink or a beer or anything. I've, I've never really been someone to use alcohol as a wind down tactic um, no pun intended, <laughs> where I know that is such a common use for alcohol um, across the board, whether no matter what your relationship is with alcohol, I feel like a lot of people wind down with it. Right. And that's just kind of never been a thing for me. So I don't know, this whole this whole topic is kind of interesting because I'm coming at it with a very uh, like not a big love for alcohol. Mm. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, your,
0: your relationship has like been consistent in that way your whole life where I feel like mine might be a little different because growing up, uh, I've similarly, I have a lot of alcoholics in my family, but my immediate household growing up, it was always such a social thing for my parents. My parents would go out and drink on the weekends and that was always that. And I think, and I didn't drink until I was, I think I had my first beer when I was like 18. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, it was my 18th birthday. Buca de Bupo. Yes. <laughs> we duct
1: taped from tits down. Remember that?
0: Oh my god. Yes. And I felt so cool because I my mom let me drive her Audi. Yes. And we were driving through the city.
1: Oh my god. And I uh, the top was um it was like taupe but like acid wash. Yes. Yeah. No, I fully your oh, outfit. I wish I still had that. You just got rid of it. I feel like you had it for a minute. I had. Yeah. I had you it had up it up in into Auckland.
0: my up into my twenties for sure. Yeah. Not the point. Sorry. Anyway,
1: <laughs> you had your first sip at 18. Oh, yes.
0: Um, And I even when I turned 21, I wasn't like much of a drinker. But then I got into a relationship and the whole like scene of craft breweries and and it beer drinking and craft craft beers really took me under under its wing oh yeah we didn't talk for years literally I actually like I had never liked uh hard alcohol for a lot of my like early 20 years Yeah, and actually for- Scott got me into gin
1: right I was gonna <laughs> say up until literally you started hanging around
0: yeah. Scott and I. <laughs> yep um but for that for those early 20 years I was a big beer drinker um, on the weekends, it would like like my parents. It was a sh- social thing, and then I had told you about this when we had this conversation the other morning. But there was one time oh. I was probably like twenty two or twenty three. I was living with my boyfriend at the time, but I had went to my parents' house after work one day, and they had a sour beer in their fridge, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, it's you know, it's like six p.m. summertime on a Wednesday. Um, I'm gonna crack open this beer," and I was by myself. Well, I was. I was like alone. You weren't with like I, homies. I was like, yeah, I was with homies. You my, weren't socializing. I wasn't socializing. My mom was home. But I cracked open the beer and I was like watching TV, winding down with my beer. And my mom walks down downstairs and she sees me and she's like, are you drinking a beer? And I was like, yeah, it was in the fridge. Like, that's fine, right? right. And she was like, yeah, okay. And then she like walk up, walks upstairs and, and doesn't say anything, but then comes back like 20 minutes later and is like, you know, I'm not trying to like nag or or mom you in any way, but me and your dad always made it a point to not drink in front of you and your brother on the weekdays because that's when it that's when it shows somewhat of a habitual nature. And I just I to see like sit here and see you drinking a beer on your own. I just want you to like clock it. You know, alcoholism runs heavily in my family. It, I just want you to to think about like what habitually you're doing right now. I love that. And I sat back and I was like, whoa, you're right. Like, I don't, I don't need this beer right now. Yeah. Or do I? Like, sure. I, it made me question, like, yeah. why I actually sat down and drank the beer. I bet. So ever since then, I kind of made it a thing to not drink on the weekdays. Yeah. Mostly. So that kind of, like, was my first spark of my relationship with alcohol. Yep. And then I think going into my, like, later 20s after I had turned 25 and I started drinking um, liquor, that's when it like really changed. And there had been a few times where like I got too drunk and I didn't know my levels of alcohol. And that kind of that whole thing made me like re-question my relationship with alcohol. I've always kind of questioned like why I drink, um, what I drink, how I am when I drink. Right. And I think recently in the past couple of years is when I really started to um, like sit down and not only question it, but like understand that okay maybe this isn't for me yeah because a lot of my um my drunks and my like getting too drunk and my bad habits when I am drunk aren't like anything I'm proud of sure. and
1: like why put yourself through that right if you're not proud of it right that I'm thank you for sharing that because that's like exactly what I feel like we're trying to put across in this episode is like Again, we're not telling you to stop drinking, do what you want. It's you know it's your fucking life. But these are our stories and the kind of our journey. And we are aware that a lot of our generation and the generation under us right now are sober curious. That's the term you're, right. you're seeing going around right now because there's so many stories like that where people are like, it's okay to, to be like, doing yeah, it? it's
0: okay to question what you're doing. and. Um, just kind of like reevaluating what you're doing it for. Cause I exactly. felt like I was just drinking just cause everyone else was drinking yes. and it was, it was the social norm. And it, I'm, as you guys know, I'm not a weed smoker and like, that's something that I probably will never pick up, but darn, alcohol, I got away. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> I fucking wish. No, me too. Um, alcohol I got away with it because like you could go out it's so accessible you're socialized like I'm even a social butterfly when I'm drunk and I felt like I it fit but then I started to realize hold on maybe it's not fitting
1: right like and what lo- does fitting mean right and that you're just numbing something exa-
0: like, exactly and it's yeah. sh- I'm, I'm forcing it to work for me when I never questioned hold on maybe alcohol isn't my thing
1: yeah you nailed it with the societal aspect and that's such a big part of um, some of the research I did is it's there's so many aspects that go into how somebody becomes a habitual drinker and it's so it yes it has to do with you know alcoholism and your your genes or um, your your personal habits yourself but it's it's also the environment you grow up in the culture culture such a big thing that I feel like We're like totally missing right now. Like, there's so many factors, so it it can be hard to control. Yep, and that's why I feel like it's so important to at least be aware of what what it's doing to your person, regardless of what's going on around you. Exactly. If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I my first sip of alcohol was very young. I I would say I was probably like eleven or twelve. Not good. I I drank a lot. I I drank and I did drugs a lot at a very young age, and I did it up until like uh, heavily. I'll say I did it up until like seventeen, and then recreationally after that. And obviously, I didn't think shit of it at that age because it was like I'm partying, whatever. But I I did remember feeling like like watching my mom drink knowing I just had a crazy night the other night and like looking at what she's drinking and just being like huh like that kind of sounds good right now Mm -hmm. like I would have those thoughts every now and then oh bless you but never acted on it like at that age I was never drinking at home or anything and I will say like of all you know I might poke at my mom sometimes on this podcast but one thing she would Never let fly is me drinking in the house. Mm. She wouldn't. I know she wouldn't. Even though she was drink. like, I know she would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, get that out of here. Um, She was a beer drinker, though, and st- still is like beer is her go to. And surprisingly, it like from the jump curbed how I felt about beer. Ah, So when I was drinking, I was drink like vodka, Malibu, Sky, like right. Pinnacle, all the gross kid I hate to call it kid alcohol, but like adolescent alcohol, um, cheap alcohol. And I was always so like turned off by beer though. It's just like, I don't know. It's always gross to me. And then, like I said, 17, it kind of faded out. And I, you know, I drank for my 21st. I, I would have like nights here and there around that age, but like nothing crazy. And then when I got into my last relationship, we definitely drank a lot i mean our whole friend group was very social and it was fun and it was it was it just like came with the with the lifestyle that you had 100 percent. and i i did enjoy it and i was i at that time i was only doing it on weekends um and then where where i kind of like clocked myself and had like the aha moment that you're speaking of um you know i i kind of hate to bring it to like a vanity level but i honestly just noticed i started gaining a lot of weight Mm. And I was like, what's going on? Like, am I like, am I okay? I started wondering if it was like my thyroid. Cause it's such a different type of weight. Um, cause I was noticing it in my face and I was like, is this like, um, I think it's called like moon face. It's yeah. like a thyroid thing and, uh, it wasn't and it was alcohol. So I started like weeding out, not drinking as much. And then I started coming back to my, my natural weight. And I was like, Oh wow. Like that, it, it turned into like a health problem for me.
0: Right. And which totally fucking tracks because like it gave you that lens that's like kind of set you up to how you view, view alcohol now. Yes.
1: And I was my digestion was so bad back then, mm. but I didn't think I never tested it to alcohol. What I'm what I'm trying to get to here is like my digestion was shit, my skin was shit, my mood was shit. What I was craving like food-wise was literal like junk food like it just it was the snowball effect physically that i was like okay something's got to give i never have like cut alcohol cold turkey that's like personally something i've never really felt it was a boundary i never felt the need to set for myself but i did just like decide that like i don't wanna yeah you know like i i don't this totally links up with you like having that extra beat of just being like do i need to do this right now right that's kind of where it started for me and then that's how it's been for the past few years Okay, so that's the the gist of our personal relationships with alcohol at the moment, and then now I kind of want to just get into the the research that Alex and I both did. I'm gonna be breaking down what alcohol is actually doing to your body, what it does to your brain, what happens when you're drunk, and how you feel drunk, and what feeling drunk even
0: means. And then and then I went in on like the different alcohols, mixing the different alcohols. Um, what different alcohols can, how they can affect your drunk. And then I also went in on mixing alcohols with drugs because I feel like a big thing in our early 20s at least was using alcohol as kind of like a a vehicle for- It was like foreplay. Yes. Foreplay for drugs. Exactly. Very common. We're going to go into that a little bit.
1: Okay. So the podcast I listened to when just kind of doing a little bit of research, it was Andrew uh, Huberman, Huberman, what alcohol does to your body, brain, and health. The Huberman Lab podcast, number 86. So the second I turned it on, I was like, why is his voice so familiar? And then he started talking about, um, which I'll get into in a little bit. He started talking about the microbiome and kombucha. I was like, why is this so familiar? Months ago, You and I were on our way to dinner and we were in an Uber.
0: (gasps) Okay. I know exactly what you're about to say. Why have I had hit like this whole thing in my voice, in my head this whole time? Yes.
1: That's that's him. I was like, wait, why do I feel like I've listened to this podcast? Alex and I were driving like 20 minutes to dinner and one night
0: and our uber driver was listening to this podcast this exact episode and you know what I, I don't know if you're gonna touch on it because I didn't read your notes uh-huh. but one thing that he said that he that helps hangovers I do when I have a hangover and it works yes
1: and yes I am gonna touch on it because okay. when I was writing
0: it, it was like Alex does this <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay yeah wow isn't that crazy I was like why is this so familiar he's so cool I know nothing about him I know <laughs> literally nothing about him literally listened to one episode you know he is cool he's just so cool and like uh, I was just geeking the whole time listening to this. Like, you could tell he's obviously so fucking passionate and like so smart, but not like make you feel stupid. Is, smart. It, is he? He's a doctor? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't For know. Sure. I hope. I don't know. <laughs> he's. Oh my god. It's just. He knows what he knows. He's so cool, and it's just such a good episode. So go listen to it. I'm definitely um saying a lot of what he said, but uh, go listen to it from a smarter person. from a smarter perspective okay so a lot of the the points he makes he does preface that all the effects that i'm about to talk about is referring to someone who you you can drink you know one drink at night every day of the week or someone who's going out friday saturday sunday and having six drinks Mm. those three days he really does kind of Um, hone in on the the fact that like it's not about the amount it's just the fact that your body has alcohol in it that often Mm. so try and look at it that way you know this is no means to like diagnose yourself of anything but he just he did keep saying like again this doesn't matter if you're a he called it a chronic drinker or one glass of wine every night like this is still happening he did kind of make it seem like every once in a while you're fine of these uh everything in moderation yes but like he made like he's
0: like every once in a while we've turned moderation into
1: exactly like that's what's kind of crazy is like listening to that podcast I was like wait I'm over here thinking I'm like a light drinker because I only drink
0: like on the weekends every like two weeks right that's still not good for you If you think about consistently what your body is doing chemical wise and the ups and downs it has to go through and like the recovery phases, it's quite often. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Yeah.
1: And let's just get into it. (laughs) Okay. So let's just start with the second you sip the alcohol. Mm -hmm. Your, Your first sip doesn't matter how big of a drink it is. The second it hits your bloodstream. So this can take literally like five to 10 minutes, sometimes quicker, depending on what you ate that day, your weight, your genes, your like, there's so many factors. I feel like I want to preface that with like everything I'm about to say. Um, so many factors that can adjust the severity of what's about to happen. But generally five to 10 minutes and you start feeling it. So It goes right to your blood, and he called it a BBB, Mm blood-brain barrier. The alcohol in your blood just crosses that barrier like a breeze, which isn't typically easy for toxins to do in the body.
0: Oh. But-
1: the reason it becomes so easy is because the alcohol is affecting your like your frontal lobe and letting all your guards down. Right. So it's your prefrontal cortex. Sounds so sciencey. Cortex. Cort- cortex. <laughs> Latex. Um, it shuts down very quick. And this is when you start slurring. And you start wanting to dance and you start wanting to like move your body because you be start becoming like the part of your brain that tells you to like literally chill is off. So you're like, let's dance, right? People start talking louder because the, I've, again, I'm butchering, I don't know the name of any of things scientifically, but like the part of your brain that adjusts like your volume socially whoa, gets down.
0: So, oh my God, I feel like that affects me. So much, yes, no, same. I I feel like I get so loud,
1: yes, and then the next day your throat's sore because you've literally been yelling all night.
0: Brie's like this, yes, (laughs) she Brie will always wake up with no voice, no voice, literally can't talk.
1: (laughs) Yes, because she'll she'll wake up, (laughs) oh my god, her hangovers are so bad, too. Um, god, she needs to listen to this episode. (laughs) Actually, don't we talked about her gifts, but yeah, so all of that just like. Goes out the window. It also affects your impulsive motor behaviors and your thought patterns. So this is where you say things you don't necessarily want to say. The amen. What is it like? Hallelujah. <laughs> <Holly, laughs> the uh, junk thoughts or sh- sober words. Oh, like that
0: whole yeah spiel. Drunk words or sober thoughts. Drunk words or sober thoughts. How do you feel about that? Um. Yes. Drunk <laughs> words or sober thoughts. Yeah, I feel like if it. I think it depends who. If the sure. But if the science says that it brings down the wall to um, let everything that's inside spill, the fir- I'm in the front of the gate. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, guess, I mean, I guess. Like, I don't know if I've ever said something that I didn't mean right? Wrong, yeah. But you hear that a lot. But is that just an excuse that people use? Oh, for sure. Right. Absolutely. So now we have facts. Now we have like literal proof. If someone send them this episode,
0: if they try to be like, oh, I didn't read it. I was drunk. Actually, your prefrontal cortex was... Tells me otherwise. Compromised. Yeah. Like, you don't know how many times... I've said some funny shit or stupid shit or out of pocket shit. And I'm like, okay, yes, this was going on in my head, but Alex, you shouldn't have said it out loud. Right. That's it's why it's all there and it's all true in my head. It might not be like true factual statements, but it's all like opinions, opinions in my head. Yeah. They didn't come out of they didn't, they weren't fabricated from nothing. Right. There and a lot right. of them for me, I've noticed, have been are subconscious. And like the next day, I'll still not know why I said that mm. and then you learn later it like came from a underlying uh, from a different meaning a deeper shit so yeah. yeah no i get that so that tracks
1: after learning all this i was like people are like oh
0: it's the alcohol talking no it's not no it's the, the alcohol is the vehicle yeah the alcohol is why it came out but yes.
1: But it came out. It came from of somewhere. Your
0: consciousness, yes, or Easier. subconsciousness, right? Because yeah. I, I will advocate that, like <laughs> for sure. Like I said, a lot of the times I say shit, and the next day I'm like, I actually don't know why I said that, and I don't know where it came from. Yeah. But I can connect the dots. Yes, yeah. that's, that's that's big to admit too. Yeah. A lot of
1: people won't even fucking admit that. So after learning what it does to your brain, um, and I'll get more into it in a sec. I learned that it takes two to six months. Oh. For your brain to actually like get back to normal.
0: Okay. So like I was saying earlier, how you and I, we feel like we don't have such a consistent relationship with alcohol because we do have like two week breaks here and there. And uh-huh. we feel like we're recovering. We're not actually recovering.
1: Well, you are, you've started the process, but then we're just drinking again two weeks later and right. you dump in the same thing. And over time, these, these neuro circuits are getting compromised and can actually have permanent effects with, you know, again, that's with like, as he called chronic drinkers and it depends on so many other factors but it can it can become permanent whoa yeah oh god that's
0: terrifying that's, that's
1: been the scariest part of all this for me is like am i am i past am i too far gone i mean <laughs> i don't think so but like
0: it was rhetorical but right <laughs> i was like we could talk about it like <laughs> In my you're good. It's a new question in my head.
1: Yeah, I mean that. That's kind of what I've been questioning after reading all this too. I'm like, I, is it worth potentially causing permanent damage? And then I, so as I'm doing the research, I ask myself that, right? But think about also all the stupid shit you do drunk that also causes permanent damage, right? Like drunk drivers. Yes, I mean, sure, that's a bigger scale, but it happens every 15 minutes. Someone gets dies in a drunk driving accident.
0: There's so much more beyond the. Like, the physical and mental uh, repercussions of alcohol that aren't talked about enough. Exactly. And, like, wonder, where's your, like, what's the worth it part? The the rush. Mm-hmm. And... The literal dopamine. Yeah. Uh. Well, no.
1: <laughs> There's none of that. It's just a... I'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> so, to your, like, your dopamine point and the, the big argument that, like, people think alcohol gives them serotonin is not true to an extent so what happens is your your whole your your whole like panel of mood circuits in your brain become hyperactive mm. so it just becomes this like rapid cycle and that's why like you want to keep drinking because right. like it's like spiking and then it comes down pretty quick because it's not a um, quality resource of that right
0: uh, circuit function.
1: And then you get another drink,
0: and it spikes back up. So that's the a lot of the research I did. um, I read this like one specific article, and they talk about the euphoric state, and Mm -hmm. like that's that that's the up, and then the down, and the spikes, and the down. That's the euphoria,
1: and that like that's the underlying one of many underlying reasons of like why you keep drinking and like like, the binging and the crave and oh. oh, so yeah, you're you're putting your your mood circuit through all of this up and down all night. We'll just, we'll refer it to like one night mm-hmm. going out. And then the next day when you're hungover, you're, you have your anxiety, you're stressed out. And stress is like, it's so much more than anxiety as far as what's going on in your brain. So alcohol affects the hypothalamus.
0: I feel like I remember this word from science, science class. Hypothalamus.
1: It is a large gumball size of neurons. I do roof of your mouth. You can't feel it. <laughs> I was gonna say I could kind of feel it. No, okay. it's damn near yours <laughs> is like out. You're just like protruding. It controls rage, sex drive, your body temperature regulation, appetite, thirst, and so much more. It's like such an essential part of the human. Um, and then you have a pituitary gland that actually, it, or I don't think it's a gland. It's it's literally just called a pituitary. It actually sticks out of your brain and it receives instructions from the hypothalamus. And then the little gland coming out of your head releases hormones to send messages to your adrenals, which control your stress levels, your cortisol, which is good. And those sit right above your kidneys Uh, and your lower back. I don't know about you, but I've my back has hurt the next day after drinking. Absolutely. And that's scary but that's what's happening and also oh your my kitties. god
0: your poor adrenal glands no literally
1: the whole time he's explaining this i was like oh these little guys are just working so oh, hard they're so, and they're so mad at they're us super tired and we're not doing anything no, to like give them a cry. break exactly and like that's why i'm like just drink some water and i'm like you guys like that, is that like literally i am <laughs> humanizing every part of my body at this point because it is human well but you know <laughs> what I mean? like they all have faces <laughs> like that's that's right the that's the
0: level <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) this is the level i'm at
1: so yeah the the adrenaline so the the hypothalamus talks to the pituitary and the pituitary sends hormones to the adrenals controlling your stress levels the hpa which is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis which is that streamline i just explained explained um it maintains a balance of what you perceive as stressful or not Mm. so that's also kind of why like another reason your judgment is very fogged when you're drinking because that is you're not communicating correctly it's sure like they're firing but it's like with what integrity Mm. like you're you're again like that walls down you're you're way more lenient because everything's just like working at the bare minimum whoa yeah oh my god the pituitary gland is so cute to me did you you see pictures of it no Uh, no i cannot but i feel like he's just sitting off of my brain like hey adrenal (laughs) i got some stress over here (laughs) he's what you gonna do about this he's super he's like fuck he's He's so stressed
0: stressed out
1: and i feel like uh the hypothalamus is just like i'm hungry like no i'm hungry yep
0: he's the he works at (laughs) dmb
1: yes he does he wears a short sleeve white (laughs) polo
0: yep Short sleeve, but like fun ties but like Yes. doesn't address him yes. <laughs> he doesn't address his fun ties no. everyone else does and he's like why like are what? you keep talking about my ties it's, it just got dressed today like what yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh he's so cute so like i was saying uh, someone who's a regular drinker you're putting your body through this this cycle very often so that hpa a hypothalamus or cherry access, adrenal axis access, um is being it being put so out of whack so often that now when you're sober, your stress levels are just out of whack. I don't want to necessarily say higher or lower because it definitely depends, but they are not operating at a normal function.
0: Whoa. So that's
1: why typically a drinker, you know, like we were saying, after a long day, oh, I need a drink. That's you what it's doing. You want the alcohol
0: to go back and cuz now this HBA has has that's its new normal.
1: Yeah. That's the thing is all these all these neurocircuits, all these things happening with alcohol. Your your body is so smart, but not smart enough to know that it's like necessarily the bad thing cuz like your your consciousness is putting the beer to your mouth, not your HBA. Right. Um but it's it's just going to adapt is what I'm trying to say. It's going to adapt to what you give it. And then it's going to crave what you give it. And if what you're giving it is bad, then that's, you the know, this is going, right. So that's why you, oh, I need a drink. Uh, like, oh my God. I know. I know. Okay. So that's, that's how it's affecting stress. But then, as I said, one of my big kind of symptoms, if you will, anytime I have alcohol, even damn near even like one drink. My stomach starts hurting. Mm. Lottie di da. We all know I have stomach problems at this point. So di fucking da. La di
0: da. You've never said that in your entire life.
1: <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Who are you? Oh my god, I don't know. But sorry, if you see me patting my chest right now, Alex and I had Chipotle, Chipotle. earlier, and it was so bad. I'm never gonna. I'll have probably it again. never have Chipotle again. I'm never having Chipotle again. So so sorry. But let's talk about good stuff. So um. Alcohol. When you, like in movies, like old westerns, when you get a cut, they're like, pour some alcohol on it because mm. it kills the bacteria. That's true. Oh. But your gut has good, good bacteria. bacteria. And it's
0: killing that. What the duh. hell? Duh. duh. Fucking duh. And I've never thought I've of it. i never this. thought of it.
1: So it's killing that. It's fucking with the lining of your stomach. So now the good bacteria, if any left, is can, this is definitely more of a severe case, but can begin good and bad bacteria can begin to seep into outside of your stomach because that barrier is being leaky compromised. gut leaky gut leaky gut <laughs> yeah
0: you heard it here first people <laughs> <laughs> this episode is so bad i'm so sorry guys no it's not <sighs>
1: but yeah so it's it's affecting your it's affecting your gut and just aside from like, Oh, my stomach hurts the next day or like being nauseous. We all know your gut affects your mental. Mm. It's, it's your, the start of your mouth to like the end of your intestine, all of that affects your brain. It all sends like messages right up to your brain, whether you're drinking alcohol or not. So that's getting compromised. Your stress levels are getting compromised all from the same vessel. You're literally just poisoning your full body at this point. This is getting depressing. So the, honestly, the worst part of all this research, something that like really sent me into oblivion was learning the, the predisposition, uh, I almost said features, <laughs> um, just how, like ways that you could be predisposed to alcoholism. And as we know, jeans is a big one. I pictured oh. jeans.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't hold it in. jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I pictured, uh, I pictured like the jeans denim. emoji.
1: <laughs> okay, so denim, in addition to the the genetic aspect, the HPA we were talking about earlier, if your parent is, if their HPA is all off because they've been a heavy drinker all their life, it's, they you know, as I said, your neurocircuits have that permanent damage. Now when they create you, you
0: now have- You're born with that damage?
1: Not like mirrored, but you like- how could they build something an HPA stronger than the one they had is what I'm trying to say. So then their children have that. I don't know what word to use just like out of whack HPA, which in turn can lead the human to crave alcohol. This is getting fucking depressing. No, I read that and I, I, I was like, I said it to Alex. I was like, I'm super upset. Like, like I didn't, my brain didn't even have a chance to be a hundred percent healthy. And that's so unfair. Mm-hmm. That's so like
0: selfish. Ugh. you know? Yeah, it's just I get it. So fucked anyway. <laughs> I mean, especially like especially we talked about this too, especially with that generation. It was so normal to drink alcohol so consistently that they've kind like they've set up our whole generation to deal with this. Yes. And I think maybe that, like maybe that's why we are all kind of waking up to what alcohol is doing to us because we were born kind of like forced into it. Yes. Born into this like natural, I'm going to put in quotes, natural reaction to alcohol yeah and some of us are like me raising my hand some of us are like wait why why am i why am i why do i have this re- like relationship with alcohol why is it like this when other people are like this you know why can't i react this way and like why is it doing to me this and it's like we didn't ask for this yep and like maybe maybe we're, it's maybe it is that generational thing
1: yeah we're questioning it for we're, the first time. we're questioning it for the first time Yeah, you're right no, that's definitely one of many things that I am like proud of our generation for doing is I feel like even on like a therapy note, we d- we've we done that right. compared to our parents and that's cool. Yeah. It's definitely a big silver lining. Okay. So now we kind of have scratched the surface of what alcohol is doing the second it's touching your lips and you swallow it and what's going to the brain and how it's affecting everything. But now let's talk a little bit about the hangover. Um, So I... Definitely learned a few new things that I didn't realize were happening when you were sleeping with alcohol in your system. Mm. So a term that he introduced is called pseudo sleep, which is actually not effective sleep whatsoever. You're not hitting REM at all. Um, It's actually a low hypnotic trance. And he said that you can even wake up in the middle of the night and not even know it. Whoa. And obviously you're not like sleepwalking, but like you... You're not staying in REM. And I was very shocked by that fact because like whenever you're like hammered, you pass out.
0: Yeah. You're out like a light. Yep. I always assume that like I'm dead asleep.
1: You're just in a low hypnotic trance. Whoa. You're not hitting REM though. And that makes more sense actually. 100%. I have never, ever dreamed drunk ever. And that is such a tell all for Uh. me because I dream every night and it take, I have to be compromised to not dream. Whoa. Whether it's like. Well, no NyQuil I even dream. It's really just alcohol because I dream with weed. That's surprisingly. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh you're not getting REM at all. And that he said, like, that's one of the biggest, um, you know, negative effects of alcohol is it affecting your sleep. Because as we all know, sleep is everything. None of these other functions in your body would even be working regardless of alcohol if you didn't have sleep. You know, so like now you're double whamming your body by depriving it of quality sleep in addition to all the other things that your brain and all your functions are going through
0: because of the alcohol. Did he mention if this was because right now I'm picturing or I'm like thinking back to all my like super drunk nights where I know where I thought I was like dead asleep. But now I know that I was just in this like pseudo trance. Did he mention if this is also what happens with like one drink?
1: Not that I remember. He might have. I'm not sure again kept prefacing everything with like it doesn't matter how much you drink in okay if if like alcohol is in your system because i do feel like i I mean
0: even even if i have like a glass of wine with dinner i notice i don't sleep well
1: yes so i mean i wouldn't if all these other things are happening like i can only imagine because i i agree with you even just like not even a full glass i could have like a few sips and i'm like wrecked the Mm -hmm. next day and not like hungover wrecked because it like wasn't enough to like set off the headache, the stomachache, none of that. But it, you're right. It's this like grogginess because your quality of sleep was clearly compromised. Yep. So obviously another big symptom of a hangover is a headache. We all know this. That's usually like the first thing to hit me. The second I open my eyes, I'm like, ah. Do I have a headache? It's there. Yep. It's there. But I learned it's um, a headache is a con- the constriction of blood vessels, which might be duh to some people. But the blood vessels are dilated when you have alcohol. So your blood vessels have been dilated all night. Oh. Talking about a night out. All night and they're tired. They're, uh, you know, fatigued. And then the alcohol is wearing off. So they start to go back that's and not be dilated anymore.
0: The headaches that I get, I swear to God, I'll open my eyes and I'll like wince. It,
1: like they throb. Yes. Right? I don't know if that's necessarily the feeling of dilation or not. I, I, I doubt we're feeling our vessels like. Mm, 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 <laughs> I, I Again, I'm not a doctor though. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a different type of headache to your yeah. point. Yeah. It totally is. Like a hungover headache is like nothing else I've ever experienced before. Nope. He also says to reconsider an acids the next morning. Mm. Um, your liver's just That's obviously a go to. Yes, for <laughs> sure. It's already working so hard though, and it's already <laughs> it's already so poisoned. And then we're putting that into our liver and it's oh. he says like, yeah, it helped like it's a band-aid. Like it helps you It helps, like, you feel better, but, like, as far as your bodily function, it's not not the best thing.
0: Not doing any favors.
1: So, he did say some things that may help our cold
0: exposure. And I do this. This is what we were talking about earlier. This is the bit that we actually heard in the cab. And I think we had went out drinking that day, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to try try this this tomorrow. And I did. And now... After a night of drinking, the first thing I do is I wake up and I take a really cold shower because isn't it it ups your adrenaline levels, right? And adrenaline is supposed to help, um, like your is it the blood vessels?
1: So your it spikes your adrenaline and then like your adrenaline and your metabolism, which helps the processing of all the alcohol in your body. So Ah. you're think of it like remember when you would blow on the pool tubes? Yes. And all the water, like you'd clear all the water and like the leaves out. You're you're essentially like you're just moving shit along you're like moving energy wow
0: because yeah it works yeah if that and a kombucha
1: yeah so that's step two is uh really just getting into repairing that that gut microbiome is getting that good bacteria back in there yep replenishing everything and uh i can test that kombucha is definitely my go-to the next morning i surprisingly haven't tried the cold shower thing i've tried cold Therapy in other ways, but never when I'm hungover. That's kind of the last thing I want to do. It it really but is it, the last thing. You gotta thing. push yourself
0: through it. You push yourself through it, and I promise, like, one time. And now it's like your safe haven. Right.
1: I will say, though, uh, as I mentioned earlier, alcohol does lower your body core temperature. So be mindful of that whenever doing any type of cold therapy, uh, especially if you are still like heavily intoxicated. People, you know, they'll hop into cold pools and stuff. And like Uh. you're shocking your body more than you think because you're already operating at a lower temp. So. Just be mindful. Uh, Any like cold plunges or cold showers, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to go past like, well, I think a cold plunge, you can, I think there's like a six minute club. I've seen that on TikTok, (laughs) but that's when
0: you're sober. Right. Not when you're, not when you're already compromised. Right. Just give it even like 30 seconds. What do you do in the shower? I feel like the longest I could possibly do is like maybe a minute or two, but never more than that. It's always just like, I do, honestly, I get in there, I get warm, so I'm cozy and then I slowly lower the temperature. Oh, okay. So it's just like it's inches. Like, oh, you
1: don't shock it.
0: No, <laughs> I'll do like low and then I'll, I'll keep going lower. And then once it's really cold where I want to naturally step away, I'll force myself to stand cool. there for probably. Uh, I'll stand there until I can get a steady breath, which is probably about like a minute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's so good for you. Though. Oh, it's, so, it's good. so good for you. Oh, also Mythbusters here. Or when you're drunk and like your friends are really drunk and you like give them bread, it doesn't sober them up. No way, <laughs> no. It, food, is, it's already in your, it's already in your blood. Unless the food's going in your blood, which is, is
0: not. I like to think that like placebo effect plays a big part. Sure. Here. Oh
1: my god, yeah, hundred percent. But um, what is not a myth is eating a like high protein, high fat, high healthy carb meal. Before drinking, it can help the uh, it can help slow down the process of the alcohol getting into your blood. The the carbs, right? Um, it's equal. Mm. So people think carbs, but it's also you need the fats and the protein. Okay. to like push it.
0: Yeah, from the little research that I did, sugars and other nutrients like what you had just said, it slows the alcohol into the small intestine oh so it's not like so it, it's not bun. like a yeah so it's not just like a, a harsh start
1: that makes sense
0: to shift gears a little bit I always thought my hangovers were determined by what kind of alcohol I drank and the level of hangovers but with my research I found that a lot of research suggests that different alcohols actually don't have different effects on you it's all ethanol entering your body
1: okay I remember I remember this
0: so reactions to different types of alcohol is actually more of an external thing and you're mm-hmm. like predisposed like feelings towards what the alcohol is. So like, for example,
1: like the reputation it has too. exactly
0: like when we go out and we're going to have a rager tequila shots. Yeah, but if we're going to be home relaxing, chilling glass of wine right it's like these societal bubbles that we've given these different type of types of alcohols that kind of put us in a headspace yep that give that in i'm putting in quotes give us a certain drunk
1: yeah that's makes so much sense Mm -hmm. oh my god that's crazy it's so
0: much more and a lot of like a lot of the research that i that i saw said that it's so much more of a mind thing than it is like actual alcohol got it
1: god humans are so silly Our brains. The things
0: we do to try and connect dots and make shit up and make sense of things. It's It's all all wrong.
1: (laughs) It's all literally, it's all wrong.
0: Okay, so like I said, it's that that societal context that is given to alcohol. And one thing that society kind of shaped is standard drink sizes. So Uh. you have your standard shot of tequila. You have your 12 ounce of beer. You have, um, I don't know the exact ounces, but like your standard glass of wine mm. and then like your your whiskey on the rocks. Right. It all looks different. And it all might, you might, you might think it might affect you different, but it's actually all 14 grams of ethanol.
1: Oh yeah.
0: So it's, it's all like your standard drink size is Made so that, from what I read, they say they say that it's made so that you could correctly like measure how much like you're drinking, portion out. Yeah. Portion out, but because the size of the drinks are different, we think, it's we think it's different, but it's not. S- it's all it's all 14 grams of ethanol, pure alcohol.
1: This is so silly. Yeah. Like next time we go out, I'm literally gonna be like, give me whatever, because like it's it, the same. It doesn't shit. matter. It doesn't matter.
0: Oh, this is so silly. <laughs> Oh, also there was a, there was a study done at Cardiff University that suggests that people tend to base their level of intoxicity, intoxic, yeah, or intoxication, sorry, English, intoxication on others around them and mostly other genders around them. So like if you're around people who are super drunk, you feel super drunk and you're, you, you think you're drunker than you actually are. And if you're around like chill people, you kind of you mask to fit that and you, you say you're less intoxicated than you are, but it, it really is a numbers game. It's all math. You're drinking this much. That's how intoxicated you are.
1: Right. I've, I relate to that. Like whenever I go to the bathroom on a night out, yep. I either notice I'm not that drunk right now or I notice, Oh, I'm way more drunk than I thought I was. It's because I'm alone in those exterior factors aren't like
0: swaying me in any which way and you're able to like kind of focus yeah literally and i look in the mirror and i'm like where are we at i really wanted to get into this research but i i I didn't get a chance to but there's been a lot of times where you and i both will be like oh i'm just like not getting drunk tonight and like oh yeah there's nights where you don't feel drunk and you keep drinking i want to know the science behind that because it feels so real there's been so many nights where I've gone out and I've kept up and I've had the same amount of alcohol, but I'm not picking up on the like usual effects that my drunk gives me. Right. So I don't feel, I don't feel as drunk, but I know, and like, it especially after this research, I know that that alcohol is in my system and I am in fact intoxicated and my blood alcohol levels are here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I'd be curious to know the exact answer too, if any, but from what I researched, I feel like it could be because though, you know, that whole like HPA and all, all those levels are already compromised that, that alcohol is just putting you back to normal. Mm. Cause I usually, those nights usually happen to me when I'm, have already had a crazy weekend. Uh, it tends oh. to happen to me like day three of Coachella I'm always like I can't get drunk guys you're like you're right it's always after the a,
0: a, a heavy drinking
1: heavy drinking weekend period. or whatever yeah oh, I couldn't think of the word um you're so right. I'm I'm thinking it's because our like what I was talking about earlier
0: it's it thinks it's balancing itself out exactly Whoa! Yeah. Okay. So, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, sugars can slow down the entry of alcohol into your small intestine, and this actually plays a role in like what kind of mixers you have with your drinks hmm. and how that affects your uh, level of and in- not level of intoxication, but the speed of which you get drunk. Got it. So, you if you drink a sugary drink, that could the sugars, the nutrients in the sugars, that could slow down your alcohol intake. That could slow down your alcohol effects. Another big one is caffeine drinks.
1: Oh God. Yeah. What does that do?
0: So, so caffeinated and other stimulant, which the stimulants I'll get into later, but mm-hmm. caffeinated mixers, the energy levels that you have can mask your level of intoxication because you're so you're, you're feeling the effects of the caffeination, but you're not like attributing it to the effects of your alcohol. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's like a battle game. You're getting like more and more drunk, but you're not knowing it. So you, so you keep drinking energy. and you have this energy. And like, yeah. it, it, especially if you drink a vodka Red Bull all night, that game is just going to keep going.
1: Yeah. That, that makes sense. Cause whenever I order something like caffeinated, it's usually because I need to coast because mm. I, it's like up or downer. Literally yeah. alcohol is a depressant. Caffeine's not, we all know that unless
0: it gives you anxiety
1: and it feels, it feels like it, it's just like it cancels
0: each other out. Yeah, it doesn't. Like in my head. Yeah. There was ne- another study done that shows that mixing alcohol with diet oh beverages I've seen this on TikTok. Yeah, oh really?
1: It like not the study, but oh. people like they're like, dude, you have to drink your like diet coke with your oh. alcohol like you get more drunk.
0: Yeah, it increases blood alcohol concentration, especially oh. like on the breathalyzer.
1: I wonder if it's is it like the aspartame? I don't know, like the type of sweetener because I guess it would have to be because the other sugars you said can kind, nutrient, actually kind like of nutrient like natural help nutrients, you. right? But like it's probably the chemical, probably. Is it your thing? Said just diet, yeah, diet beverages. It's for sure that like aspartame and shit. Wow, ew! My French teacher in high school. Um, you could. It, I had him after lunch and he would always like let you bring your snacks in. you finish your bag, your whatever. But he would always like stop you at the door if you had like something other than water and look at the ingredients. And if it had aspartame, he made you throw it out. Sick. You could bring in anything else though. Anything like totally fine. But aspartame, he's like, no, you can't drink that in front of me. What a guy. What a guy. Of course, a French teacher. Right. He's with the shits. He still says happy birthday to me on Facebook every year. Really? Yep. Mr. Altschul.
0: What a cool guy. Shout out. Okay, I'm going to talk for a minute about congeners. So congeners are a chemical that is created during the fermentation and the dis- distillation process of making alcohol, and it contributes to the taste, the color, and the aroma of alcohol. Some common ones are furferol, which in- inhibits yeast, tannins that are found in wine, mm. fusel oil from the fermentation of whiskey and rum. I don't even, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Acid aldehyde methanol, which is found in higher quantities in darker liquors. Meth? Methanol. Meth. Sure. Literally meth. <laughs> the thing with congeners is that there's so many different kinds so like we know our bodies don't react well to this but there's been so many studies that are inconclusive because there's so many different kinds that we don't know like what effect they're actually having on us oh my god yeah it's it's terrifying that like we know they're doing something bad to our body but we just don't know what it is and we don't know how to like attribute it to specific alcohols so just cut out alcohol together right <laughs> so commonly more expensive and higher qualities qu- higher quality alcohols have left less congeners because the like distillery process and the fermentation process is a little more like they care about it more so they it like weeds out those congeners more so
1: that makes me feel better i was scared you were going to say like it's the same shit but oh. i'm over here like i want it's really not high quality so yeah, quality really is a thing in alcohol. Yes, okay. but it still has those effects on you. It's your brain Just fully. The quality They're still in mean- there. Right. And
0: so, the darker the liquor, the more congeners in them. So, like uh, the the dark, deep flavor, high aroma liquors, those have a lot of congeners.
1: Ah, uh, I want to go to like a factory.
0: Me too. No, a so lot of cool. this made me like. I want to see how it's made, and I want to like. I wanna I want to know the exact difference I understand between all. Of, it. Yeah, I want to understand it. Okay, a big thing that you hear all the time is beer before liquor makes you sicker. Right. And it's not true. Yeah, it is. It's not true, but you know it is. <laughs> Maybe on a placebo level. Right. But it's not true because so a lot of a lot of beer is carbonated and that carbonation makes you feel fuller. Uh, this has less. To, sorry, scrap that carbonation bit, Lily. This has less to do with like the order of which you drink your alcohol. It's just more so how much you're consuming. And mixing? And no, the mixing doesn't matter huh? at all. Got it. It's like the volume. So when you're drinking beer, which is often carbonated, it leads to faster. The carbonation leads to faster alcohol absorption, which then leads to you to drink more. So you're into, like mm-hmm. you aren't keeping track of your intoxication levels. It's the bubbles. It's yeah. It's the carbonation. So
1: now, like that's on a beer level. That's probably how it is with like a vodka soda too.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's like
1: the bubbles. Huh. Interesting.
0: Okay, so now I'm gonna get into mixing alcohol with other substances, Drugs. specifically stimulants, which are commonly referred to as uppers. I'm gonna talk heavily on mixing alcohol and cocaine. Ugh. Because I feel like it's a such a common thing. Common cocktail. Such a common cocktail. Um, exposure. I'm just going to like briefly throw this out. Exposure to cocaine and alcohol increases heart rate, systolic blood pressure, cortisol, and prolactic levels okay so what cocaine does is it affects your reward circuitry and it prevents the re-uptake of dopamine which leads to prolongation of the pleasurable effects of dopamine so you get a higher increase of these reward effects when you mix alcohol and cocaine because these stimulants increase your heart rate this causes your body to need more oxygen but mm. alcohol slows your breathing and reduces your oxygen supply which can result in respiratory failure. Um. (laughs) Um, But um. (laughs) um, (laughs) But like when your body needs to be functioning a certain way based off of the effects of alcohol, you're giving it cocaine, which is doing the opposite effect to it. Right. Yeah.
1: It's literally like the other side of the spectrum.
0: Exactly. So when uh, when people uh. often think these things cancel each other out, they're actually fighting against each other. Yeah. People always think it like sobers you up. Right. But it's, it's not. It's trying. Your body's trying to regulate. Yep. So the more you do coke, you build up this tolerance and because you have this tolerance, you're constantly seeking that euphoria. So you do coke even more because when you mix alcohol and cocaine, you get a higher level of these reward effects. It's, it's that chase again. So you're feeding into this low tolerance. So you're,
1: it's like this, it's the snowball effect of kind of what I was saying with just alcohol, where now those levels are low, right? You're, the how it affects your stress when you're sober you're more stressed because you're still recovering your cortisol levels are still recovering from the alcohol it seems like it's the same thing with another addictive substance right though it's not alcohol and it's on the other side of the spectrum as far as an upper it's like you're just changing that standard that bar of function for your body yeah and then it's craving whatever it takes to get back to it our bodies are really smart right like so smart this even happens with foods like sh- like not even like substances anymore. Like sugar's a big one, and I've also heard that cocaine has the same effects on the brain as sugar does. not mm, right, uh, right. And like even like junk food. Like I don't know about you guys. If if I eat a lot of junk food, I, then I crave it more, and then I crave it more, and then I crave it more. It's because like your body's just itching to get back to whatever it gave you, whether it was dopamine or whatever i can't think of another one right there but like you know what i'm trying to say like it's yes. it's just your your body is smart enough to do that which is actually mind blowing to me
0: right so you're doing all this cocaine and you have all these pleasurable effects with of dopamine and because when you mix alcohol with the coke these reward effects increase you're like oh so when i drink i feel this euphoria oh. longer so I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm I'm gonna keep doing coke, and then when I want to keep my euphoria high, I take an I do another I, I drink another drink. Yes, and then it's just like this tit for tat thing where you're like, okay, another one, another one, to keep that euphoria levels high.
1: It's li- literally, if I'm understanding this correctly, like rewarding a dog mm-hmm. when they go potty where they need to go potty, you give them a treat. Yes. So then they go back there to get the. Okay, again. so it's so crazy <laughs>
0: that you're using this because this study that okay let me tell you where i got all this information about the alcohol and cocaine this was a study called alcohol interactions with psychostimulants an overview of animal and human (gasps) studies Ah. it's by yusuf s althobadi and yusuf Sari. So they did a study on rats, and they found that when the rats were administered cocaine, they were more likely to seek out where they had where they administer alcohol. So wow. the more cocaine that they gave the rats, the more likely that rat was looking for alcohol and so wanting crazy. more alcohol. It's like they're they're so closely correlated. Yeah one needs the other when you mix them. Oh. It's terrifying. I'm just
1: imagining like a little
0: rat like Fenin. <laughs> no, that's that you're drinking. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it is. We are the rats. <laughs> uh, yes. Also, you had mentioned being genetically predisposed. Yeah. for alcohol. Yep. Similarly, you could be genetically predisposed for cocaine yep. if you have that predisposition for alcohol the alcohol dependence already.
1: That makes sense, okay. Like you said, the whole rat thing, like they were just- You're just looking for it. it. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> Check that box. Right.
0: Okay. So what's actually happening is mixing ethanol, alcohol, and cocaine leads to the production of, it's called thylene, which is what further increases the stimulation of dopamine.
1: Cocaethylene. is-
0: cocothylene
1: i want to know what that is on a molecular level like is that I mean, ethanol plus the
0: i think so because they it, like make their own yeah I, I i believe so but what's really crazy is there was a study of cocothylene in wastewater in specific cities Sick. and they were using that as like actual evidence and proof of cocaine and alcohol co-abuse in these specific areas wow and they they Actually, found that the thylene levels were higher on weekends.
1: Ah! Oh my god! They literally <laughs> just did one giant drug test for, in
0: everybody's pee. Yes, <laughs>
1: <Is that> legal? <laughs> Are they like allowed to do that? I don't know. I guess Probably wastewater not. is
0: anything legal? No, nope, coke's not. Yeah, <laughs> don't do coke. No, God, fuck. Okay, so pretty similarly, I also touched a little bit of my research on alcohol and MDMA. Our good yeah. friend Molly. So MDMA is it induces a rapid spike of dopamine and then a a strong fall but alcohol keeps that level high keeps you coasting keeps you (laughs) coasting so that's why um, mixing both leads you to that longer duration of euphoria that's why like when we back in our molly days in coachella we would literally throw the the molly into a heineken we would drink it with that hope of that, that big spike and then the alcohol would like carry us through so we don't, our dopamine levels don't drop suddenly. Yeah. You just need that
1: coast. I always looked at it as like when the molly hits, if it hits too hard, I'll have the alcohol to keep me calm.
0: But it's just keeping that dopamine at a constant level so that you're not feeling the fall.
1: Right. Or the anxiety. Right. oh my god this is awful so long term
0: (laughs) long-term consumption of both can lead to a serotonin depletion so that's that high highs and the really low lows like that's why after come down the come down the week after coachella you think you're coming down from like oh busy weekend on the desert but like you're actually coming down from all of that drug use yes okay yeah this is getting a little heavy i'm sorry but let me briefly touch on what mixing two depressants could look like xanax is a big one xanax slows down your nervous system activity and mixing these two depressants can actually increase the each other's side effects Oh God! So when you're slowing down your nervous system and like nothing is working, when you're drinking alcohol, you pop a Xanax and you're even more so in that comatose, coma- comatose state. Yeah, and that's where like that over sedation can occur, and it could lead to more serious things like cardiac arrest, um, consciousness loss, and maybe even possibly respiratory depression. So these, you're forcing your body into these states and you're basically doubling it when you're mixing two depressants. Oh
1: my God. So your body can't even like regulate and mm-hmm. try and recover from one of the
0: things because it thinks it needs to be there because you're you're doubling you're down it on there. it.
1: Like seeing little faces on my organs again and I just feel so bad for them. This is, I, I have to admit, this is really getting my health anxiety I was going to
0: say you doing like all that research, even last night, that was that had to have been pretty tough it was but it's it's one of those things
1: and th- this happens with some topics like it's facts yeah i it's, have to face
0: it it's like, better way. it's better to know all of this exactly because this kind of knowledge could set us up for a healthier lifestyle exactly in the future
1: right and even just hearing like the point where Uh, I said, like the neurocircuits can replenish themselves within like two to six months, depending on the human. I was like, okay, I'm fine. All right. I'll be fine. Like I'm, you know, whatever. But that's exactly why we wanted to do this episode. It's, it's to just be aware of what you're doing. Do what you want, but it, I think it just at least being aware of what's happening is is key, and then make your own decision based off what you already know. But uh, I don't know. I think as I get older, I'm I'm less okay with living in
0: um, ignorance, yeah, and being naive to these things. Right. I'm putting my body through. If this information was like handed to me on a silver platter when I was eighteen or twenty one or whatever, I think I would have been way less likely to drink.
1: Absolutely. Like without a doubt, it's, it's tough that it's not just taught to us because I feel like it's our right to know these things. Yeah. This is, I mean, like I said earlier, this is exactly how I felt in the period episode. I'm like, why, why did I have to seek out this information? Right. But like. I know all these other random things that I learned in biology that I don't fucking even know to say to you as an example right now because it's out one ear, right? Because it didn't it didn't it doesn't apply, apply. To me unless I went to medical school, sure. But like, you know, like, do you guys remember Dare? Right? Why wasn't there just a twenty minute conversation? Doesn't need to be this whole like hour and something long podcast, but because it's kids needs to be digestible but make a pretty little diagram of like uh ethanol then it goes to the BBB brain blood barrier whatever thing that I was saying then the HPA like give yeah. me a cute little diagram of that as a kid just to know just try at least try to give the youth
0: this information i don't it's know it's almost like the way we were taught alcohol is bad for us was almost put thrown into the same category that like a cheeseburger from McDonald's is bad for us yes they just, you say it's bad, but it tastes good and it leads to fun times yep. and it's, it's, it's good for the soul and it, it's okay to, to participate it, in it as a society mm-hmm. and there's no immediate repercussions. Yes. Oh, uh, there it is sometimes. Yeah. But I get you. But the way that it's presented to us, there's yeah. no immediate repercussions. Yep. No, 100%. it's all fun and games and it's, thrown it's all thrown into this one category but then it's like hold on those are two such drastically different things why aren't they given the like the correct definitions and the same effects? level of caution too Yeah the the levels of cautions that are deserving of these of these things that are having this like such harmful effects to our bodies
1: Right and then I feel like society is completely villainized like Shrooms and hallucinogens right. like that. I'm not necessarily endorsing that. I'm not a doctor, but like we're so caught up on that. But we're weed, like, yes. <laughs> but like, but then we're glorifying alcohol consumption. It's hot. It's rich. Yep. It's royal. It's like you know, like champagne on a rooftop. It's luxury. Like it's, but it's 14 grams of ethanol, ethanol, and all of that, and it's all just doing the same thing to us. But we're like, ah, Ugh. and. I mean, we're saying this right now, but you're looking at two people that
0: lean into it, too. Like, we're we're not sitting here harping on you. Like, it's more so I'm sitting here like, wow. We're coming to this realization right now, like, as we speak last night when we had this idea for this episode. So, like, we just we wanted wanted to bring it to you guys. Yeah. We felt like we were being held back from this information. Literally. So I don't know. And we feel like we have somewhat of a platform to maybe inform other people in some way. And I
1: want to leave you guys with,
0: um, it was actually a comment on
1: the YouTube video Mm. of the podcast. Uh, I wish I got their name. I didn't see, but it had like, it was like super thumbs up. It says changing the drinking culture starts with accurate, unbiased, non-emotional information.
0: Um,
1: That's it. That's That's it. That's all. And like when I read that, I was like, that's exactly why we want to do this episode. It's purely just
0: to get it out there. I feel like we always end our episodes with, "Well, that was a fun episode." <laughs> <laughs> this was, um, this is whole hard truth and eye opening and kind of alarming. And uh, it's, I'm gonna be really fucking real with you guys. It's so hard because I'm, I'm sitting here and I have all this information now, and I'm like, ooh. I could really change right now. I don't want to drink. But then I'm also sitting here and I'm like, but Bree's birthday's next week mm-hmm. and we're going to be in Joshua Tree. Oh,
1: I've had that thought too, Alex. And like,
0: I want to have a gin and tonic while we're sitting by the pool.
1: I know. It's, it's... How do you balance that? crazy that this episode is not making me want to stop cold turkey. Like, what
0: do we have to do to get ourselves to actually stop if that's what you want, right. if that's what you see for yourself, if this is, if this information is like affecting you in a certain way to where you don't want to keep doing this to your body. What's the actual? What's the push?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's just like another primal instinct too, where we're like, if I can't right now, like physically see or feel a problem with it, it's going to be hard to turn, turn off. Like to like,
0: attribute it to an issue,
1: right? Yeah. Even though
0: we just did all this research and it's we just like laid out all the facts. facts
1: literal fact studies like there's no way around it i'm still Black like snow printer but i'm right but i'm not i'm not sitting here like ah, oh, but it's not happening to me i'm not like no there's uh, no saying it's not happening to me it's more so like ah, oh, but i'm but i'm fine right
0: but the drink by the pool breeze birthday weekend and the celebratory aspect of it is much better than the negative effect it's having on me right now
1: it's it's just we're going for the the quick immediate gratification rather than okay but if we stop drinking in our late 20s we might live longer <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a whole section of the, uh Andrew's podcast first name basis um mm. about the increased chances of certain types of cancer and I, uh, yeah. I i skipped over it i have to be 100% honest with you guys i did want to incorporate it in here but like that is i started getting pretty fucking anxious and like I just, I couldn't do it. So go read that. But um, I guess alcohol can do that. So <laughs> heads up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, when does it fucking stop?
1: I don't know. I With you, like right now, I say like, oh, I won't drink or anything. And I kind of don't feel like I will because I have been looking at Joshua Tree as more of like a relaxing
0: vacation. But we're also sitting here, like we planned a whole fun beer pong game for all of us. Like Right, there, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm... I'm right there with you yeah we're just but that's okay that's just we'll keep you updated updated.
1: yeah (laughs) so stay tuned yeah
0: well i mean i hope that makes you guys feel less of like a yeah we don't want to sit on here and be like stop drinking alcohol and we don't because we're we're no angels
1: no i don't want you i don't want to feel shitty for where you're at with your relationship with alcohol either like That's not for us to judge is what we're trying to say.
0: Yeah. Um, If you follow us on Patreon, we do episodes every Friday for this week, for this episode. I guess I kind of want to just hear where you guys are at. I feel like this conversation about alcohol, like me and you have it Uh about our relationship with it and like how it affects us, but we don't really talk about it with like even any of our other friends. true. Like socially, we, we go out and drink with all the same people, but I never ask Joe, who's one of my closest friends joe's fake name by the way wait who's joe (laughs) i never asked joe how do you actually feel about drinking alcohol right now yeah in your life like how what does it mean to you um i don't know i want to hear from you guys like what does alcohol mean to you guys what's your relationship with if you're open to sharing have you thought about any of this kind of stuff have you done your own research that i don't know you can add to this
1: what did this episode bring up for you as a whole yeah um whether you're on our patreon or not we do invite anybody listening if you're uh, on YouTube, comment down below how you're feeling about this. Yes. Whatever you want to share, we love and appreciate it for sure. It's a it's a big conversation to have, so um whatever you're comfortable with for sure. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can rate us if you want, up to five stars, um, preferably five, five stars, but we understand if it's no four. It's five. Rate us five stars or nothing at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm picking my gel off, guys. I'm going to get my nails done this weekend. The second I land in LA, I'm going to um, our our old nail lady, lady, Katie Katie at Modern Pamper in North Hollywood. She's the best motherfucker on the planet. She's so good at Gel X. You have to go. Um, But yeah, so I'm really excited if you're wondering why I'm picking up my fingers so much this episode. (laughs) I'm also very nervous about this and I'm going to go drink some water. So have a lovely rest of your week. Have a good week. Happy late Easter. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Friday. Have a good one. Love you. Bye. Bye.